Welcome back. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Today we're covering a very special film to, to many of our listeners, but to one patron in particular, The Sandlot from 1993 from writer and director David Mickey Evans. I should say co-writer. It's also written by mm. Robert Gunter, I'm going to say. Yeah, don't don't put some spec on Gunter's name. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to say Gunter. Mm-hmm. It's Gunter. Probably, it's Gunter. Yeah. German native. Yeah. I assume. Roberto Gunter. <laughs> you went with two different nationalities there. You're damn right I did. He's a he's a global man. That's right. Culture That's right. man, Robert Gunter. With us today, helping us break down the sandlot is one of our very best friends, one of our patrons, Will. How are you, Will? Hey guys, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? Um, we're wonderful. We're, we're, you're where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from the Great White North, good old Canada. You guys might want to work on that moniker. It sounds a little iffy in 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? That's I didn't even really think about it that until now. You're probably right. The uh, okay, multicultural north. Yeah, the great diverse (laughs) north. Mm. Yeah, the diverse north. We say white because there's quite a lot of snow. No, no, I know. I know that. It just. (laughs) I'm just saying. Workshop it. Wait, what? I've been misled my entire life. What's all this controversy about? <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're talking about the sandlight. Will walk us through a little bit why you chose the sandlight. What what sandlight? What what's your history with this film? Do they even have baseball uh, in Canada? Yes, they have baseball in Canada. They have one uh, league that's one team that's in the league. It's the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but uh, the sandlight for me, like I moved to a really small town and there was eight different kids that kind of lived like within five, 600 meters of us behind a big field. And we'd all play baseball. This movie came out when I was born. Um, my dad taped it over a family like VHS tape. So when you taped put it in the VHS player, yeah, he taped it over. He plays. So he taped over, like a family Christmas or something like that with the Sandlot. That's fair. <laughs> I know. No. It's, and so you'd, we'd put it in, you'd see like a minute and a half of like us, like walking around our like home. And then it was just the Sandlot, the movie. And so it taped over the whole thing. Um, I loved this movie. I thought like the, I loved how everybody came best friends. I loved baseball as a kid. And you know, the, the soundtrack is amazing. Like Booker T with like green onions is like such a classic. I've, I've always loved that so much. And like, it's, it's a very jazzy, fun, like upbeat movie. Yeah. It's like a kid's movie, but like they swear a lot. And well, they, they, they say like shit a couple times in it. And I don't know. It's really fun. I've always really, really, really loved this movie. And, hey. uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to do that with the podcast with you guys today. Hey, well, you know, when it comes to your dad, just remember, you know, family Christmas, you know, family Christmas gets remembered, but Sandlot never becomes legend, right? That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was that's a worthy exactly thing to tape it. over, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's we gotta, it's all about priorities when you're raising a family. Those are the kind of things you have to, to think about. You know, what do you yeah, want to remember? Yeah. Well, one thing I want to ask you, Will, is so, Chris, you, you failed to mention that usually when we do these patron chosen movies, mm-hmm. it's just you and I talking back and forth. Yeah. But Will's here because he opted to support streaming things at the highest level, the $75 tier. What's which, that tier called? Uh, uh, the <laughs> Kristen Stewart patron saint of streaming things. That's right. Will is one it's of those weird patron at all. saints. And so I just wanted to add 
like that tier, not only do you get to pick the movie, but you also get the option to guest host, which Will has obviously elected to do. Not everyone has done that. Some, some people, people opt like, out. Yeah, some people are like, hey, I just wanted to give you money. I don't want to be on the podcast at all, but Will <laughs> wanted to be on. So I want to ask two questions for you, Will. Question one. Yep. Why would you support this dumbass show that much? And B, <laughs> what made you want to come and hang out with us today and talk about Sandlot? Well, the reason why I want to support this dumbass show so much is because, I mean, I've been a big fan since, I mean, since I think most of like the patrons and stuff, uh, season four of streaming things. Um, that's when like I I got introduced to you guys with the podcast and I, you know, immediately fell in love with you, Chris and Andy. Like I thought it was just like such a fun, um, like a fun like podcast. Like you guys are there's lots of good inside jokes. Uh you do great breakdowns. I've watched so many different things now because of recommendations from you guys. And I think you guys are like, you know, homies from across the pond. So I've always, I've, and, and I want to support that. I love seeing people flourish in their art, and I think that's really fun. And that's why I wanted to support it. And I wanted to talk about The Sandlot today because I wanted to try to, to pick a better movie than Grind, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You were the one who picked Grind initially. Yeah. I, I, have, uh, I didn't get to do that episode with you guys, but like... That movie is the worst, but I like it holds a special place in my heart too for all, how bad it is. Like I'm a skateboarder. I grew up in the 2000s skating. Like Bam Margera was like the first, like that was the first skate deck that I ever got, and I just thought it was like a, a stupid, silly skate movie. There's not a lot of them, so I thought you guys would have fun with that garbage fire for sure. Oh, so okay. I thought I'd try to. Like I said in that review, if I had watched that movie when it came out, I would have loved it. You know. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, I didn't. I watched it in my thirties. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you suggested that movie, and I will be forever grateful for you suggesting Grind for us to watch because it gave us, which has a permanent home on the soundboard. The and ballad of our times. It really is. <laughs> By across the pond, I assume you meant like Michigan. <laughs> yeah, New York is under one of you guys, right? So. Yeah, yeah, man. There's a lot of ponds up there. But we are, we're really grateful for um, you listening to us for for years and for supporting us and and hanging out with us in the Discord mm -hmm. and uh, taking the time to be on the show. It's an honor for us to have you here to talk about this movie. Um, so thank you for all of your support. We literally couldn't do what we do without you, people, you and people like you. Um, so we appreciate that so, so much. You're the real hero, heroes here. Yeah. And if you've never listened to the show before and you're wondering why our highest tier is named the Kristen Stewart patron, patron saint tier, uh, it's because we respect uh, magnificence in this household. Yes. And that's it. That's the only reason why. Um, it's not weird at all. It's not weird. Don't make it weird. Mm, you don't make it weird. Yeah. You know, it's not weird, Chris. <laughs> what? What else is not weird? The Sandlot. That's right. That's right, baby. That's right. Uh, Steve, what is your history with the Sandlot? Do you have any? I do have history with the Sandlot. So not extensively because everyone, you know, I, the, the, the latest controversy of old Steve on Discord is my famous distaste for baseball. Oh, yeah. So and, and that was like when I was a kid, too. I didn't like playing baseball, but I did love this movie at the time because this is like the perfect movie for like a young boy, I think, because it's like. How do you feel about kickball? Love kickball. Yeah. Big fan of kickball. It's basically baseball with but, feet. But feet. And I, I like, I played soccer. So You're a big I, feet I fan. That. Yeah, I love feet. <laughs> Put it on my epitaph. Put it on my headstone. Steve loved feet. Mm -hmm. All right. 
<laughs> Period. I, I loved using them. I loved standing on them. Okay. I loved walking using on them. Using them for what? <laughs> for walking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, the 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 this movie was great. I actually read uh, in my research for this movie, I read a review from um, Ebert. And he said, Roger? like, Roger or Ebert. Frank. <laughs> Roger, yeah. Okay. Roger Ebert. <laughs> my uh, cousin Frank Ebert. <laughs> no, nah, I don't fuck with, with Frank Ebert. Uh, but no, uh, he, Ebert had this great line where it's a movie that makes you nostalgic for a childhood you probably didn't have, mm. which is true. Like, I didn't have a sandlot where me and a bunch of neighborhood goons would go, and we had a mythology built around a local dog and all that stuff. And None of my friends sexually assaulted a lifeguard. <laughs> uh, <you know? laughs> but, Wendy Peppercorn. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. like different times. Yes, yeah, very different times. But I, I I did, you know, I think we can all relate to that time in our lives where we were young, young enough to where our parents would let us, you know, maybe, you know, some of the Gen Z people may be too young to experience this, but you know, when we were younger, we were able to like, you know, our parents would be like, all right, go play. Like I, my mom had a, a big like ranch cattle bell and I would go and hang out and play with my local friends in the neighborhood. And when it was time to come home, she would ring that bell because we didn't have cell phones then. So I would just be outside playing with my bros in the summer. I'd hear the bell like, oh, sorry, guys, got to go home. The bells are ringing. Mm. And so um, I, I think we can all relate to just going on these like little mini adventures with our friends. Um unsupervised okay. by adults because there's really like not there's not a lot of adult presence in this movie except for um uh scotty's mom and stepdad bill but other than that like there's barely any adults it's just these boys having an adventure creating mythology and scaring each other and it's just really really uh adorable i think no i agree uh, i think this movie i watched it with my son in preparation for the podcast which i already owned it uh, because you know he'd wanted to watch it a few months ago, so, so I've seen it a few times even recently, and, and dozens of times throughout my life. Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, this movie is like uh, a Christmas story. Yeah, it's just on repeat in in most households, at least in America, for sure. Uh, when I was a kid, it was just on TNT all the time, and it's got that comforting narration, and uh, it's just laced it's nostalgia is in its dna and i like that review because i didn't have a childhood like this either but there are elements of truth to it like just goofing with your friends like you talked about and uh not understanding at all how the world works and trying to make sense of it with other 10 year olds mm -hmm. very poorly you know uh for some reason <laughs> we're forced to do that and that's what happened like you know i can remember just trying to figure out anatomy and real world events and geopolitics and just make sense of it with like by committee with other dumb kids. You know, I ate yeah. grass once and threw up everywhere. Um, so you're like my dogs basically. Yeah. <laughs> like what I mean, what I mean, this is the perfect story to tell you what I mean. I was outside in the snow about this age, probably a little younger, maybe six or so, but still, uh, and I was playing in the snow, throwing snowballs without gloves. And that's eventually not, that's not safe. I got to that near frostbite level of pain and numbness with my hands, right? Mm -hmm. So I ran. I didn't want to go inside because if I went inside, my parents would make me stay inside if I kept running in and out of the house. In or out, my dad would scream. Yeah. So I run to a neighbor's. I lived in an apartment complex. I went to a neighboring building, and there's like a, the dryer vent from the laundromat was active. Somebody was drying their clothes. <laughs> so this hot uh, fabric softened air was pouring out of this hole in the wall. I put my hands under it. And they started to thaw and warm up. And do you know what happens when your frozen hands begin to warm, Steve? 
To go into shock? They're very, it's very painful because yeah. you're starting to get the feeling back, right? So I panicked at the burning sensation happening and thought, oh no, I've gotten them too hot. And I plunged them back in the snow. Oh my God, Chris. <laughs> and that's what life is like as a kid. There should be, a, like, you don't, you can't think of everything as a parent to tell your kids because everything is, just, some of it is common sense at this point. So you can't think to tell them before they go yep. out in the snow. Hey, yeah. if you get this feeling, it's going to be painful when you warm them up. That's not because they're too hot. Like, yeah, you can't anticipate children all the time. And that was a weird personal story. And that's what I'm famous for. But I feel like that's what this movie encapsulates is a bunch of kids like trying to figure life out in the wrongest way possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's it's mostly harmless. You pointed out with the Wendy Peppercorn incident, <laughs> mostly harmless yeah. and, and really endearing. But my son, I got to watch it through his eyes, who is a massive baseball fan. Mm -hmm. And was he like the salt in the swat? Yeah. Well, I mean, he knows all this stuff. I mean, there's a there's a line uh, early on I've never caught before where it's because it's the summer of 1962 is where this summer takes place. And the, the narrator says early on that it's the same summer uh, where uh, Maury Wills broke the all time base stealing record. And I looked into that, and that's a true fact. In 1962, he beat the record set by Ty Cobb in 1915 um, by stealing 104 bases. Uh, so I was like, you know, and my but the, my son knew that, like, oh yeah, he beat Ty Cobb, you know, like yeah, dummy, duh. And it's just interesting. It's fun. I never played baseball, but I played stickball, like where you hit, take a stick and you hit a rock. Much more <laughs> oh, dangerous, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, it's rocks. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just it's just good time. It's good. It's good fun times. And uh, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's it's harmless, timeless in much the same way that a Christmas story is like a lot of people nowadays have tried to be like, I don't know if you've seen this revisionist history. We're like Christmas story is so ass. I'm so tired of it. It's like <laughs> you can't even say that. Like no one said it was good. It's just like it's the Christmas a movie. staple. It's a, yeah. it's a, a strand of DNA yeah. in the culture, you know, like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of a Christmas story, but it's like, that's what you watch around Christmas. It's not meant to be analyzed in that right. way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that sounds like a cop out to say, but I feel that way about the Sandlot. Like when I went to rate it, I'm like, rate it. What? <laughs> this is just this is just part of the culture it's like rating i rated a home run it's like rating the the meal of breakfast you don't what are you talking about mm -hmm. you just do it everybody does it yeah you just nike it gonna get so many emails i don't eat breakfast because <laughs> um actually <laughs> you're missing the point also i wanted to say I, I forget who did it i think it was matt singer uh critic matt singer but one of them maybe matt patches i get the mats mixed up talked about like which sport is the most cinematic? Mm. And they tried to like rank them and think about it. And he came up with the idea that baseball is far and away, not even close, the most cinematic sport. I would agree with that. And I think it's, he's correct. I would, I would also agree with that. It's yeah. the only sport where like yeah. the actors can like walk to the pitcher's mound and have a scene and like there's time to breathe and make a movie of it where yeah. other sports you can't maybe, do that in basketball maybe boxing boxing works great obviously yeah right. uh but i think i agree i think there's so much cinema in, in inherent with with baseball yeah well in the 90s um there was like so many baseball movies in the 90s it was like a yeah the, the, field the, of dreams field of dreams there was bad uh, news bears the the rookie um, late 80s but yeah Oh, no, I was thinking of uh, Major League. 
Yeah, Major League. Yeah, I'm thinking of the of the kid that's like, Angels, oh, in, Angels in the outfield. Angels in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Lloyd. A ton yeah. of baseball movies hit in the '90s. That was like, and but you don't really see a lot of baseball movies nowadays. At least not this type of like '90s. Oh shucks, ain't sports swell type of movies that were so prevalent back then. Yeah, there's like a few Dennis Quaid <laughs> B movies that my son loves that are you know coming out recently. Uh, Moneyball was the last one I could think of that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Moneyball was, was great. Yeah. Yeah. What was that 2010? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's as popular of a sport even, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, as it was, I mean, this was like American, like I, I keep saying DNA, but like baseball is just so rooted in like American ideals. Yeah. You know, you get your chaw, you spit it. <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. Tom Hanks said that. I think um, of our own. There's another one. Yeah. There we go. Great movie. There we go. That great is great movie. movie. So, so yeah. W- w- Will. Uh, you, you brought this movie towards us. I want to ask you, so in the movie, there are all the different kids. They all have, or most of them at least have little nicknames. You've got smalls, you got Mm -hmm. the jet, you got ham, squints. Yeah. 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 The heater, uh, repeat, repeat. um, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, when you were kind (laughs) of rolling around with your local kids your, your friends in the neighborhood, did you all have, like, cool little street nicknames for each other? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, my Discord name is Soxy, right? That was the nickname that I got because I always had, like, really long, cool different socks on all the time. Mm. Um, that or Wee Man because I'm a twin and I was the shorter one, so it was that or Wee Man. <laughs> so. <laughs> I never uh, had- Austin Powers reference, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a cool nickname from my friends, and I don't think I gave them nicknames either. It's like, hello, Mike. Hello, Chris. <laughs> we weren't creative enough to be like, yo, two eyes. <laughs> two eyes. <laughs> this is my buddy Spats. <laughs> sure. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I call it, I had a friend, Little Timmy, because he was Timmy Jr. His dad was named Tim. So Little Timmy was like my first best friend. But, I mean, that's, you know, mm-hmm. low-hanging fruit. Uh, we had some goofy names when I started smoking weed. Uh, but I, you know, this Can you imagine like, what this movie would have been if they were smoking weed. Oh yeah. <laughs> it would have been my, closer to my life. Um, That's like, more scene alone. Like, like we called one guy Zodin. Um, I can't remember why. I think it started because my friend was really high and he called, his name is Jordan and he called Jordan Zordon with like Power Rangers. Like Power Rangers. Yeah. And it just morphed into this morphed mighty morphed <laughs> mighty morphed into the zode over time. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's dumb shit like that. But no, not really. You know, like I said, wasn't as cool as this. I did want to throw out. I did have an erector set. Uh, oh yeah, I was nowhere near as successful of an engineer as this young man, but I had one. I mean, he built he built, a, he built like a bomb diffusion robot. He did. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it was very impressive. <laughs> But there's like there's like a Chekhov's erector set early on where it shows his talent, you know, when he throws accidentally hits his mom in the head with it, which. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. Right. So when his mom showed up, I was like, fucking Karen Allen's the mom. I don't Mm -hmm. remember that. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. I was was losing my mind. Yeah, I was uh, famously uh, Indiana Jones love interest. Yeah. Karen Allen from Raiders. Handsome woman. My dad would have said. Mm hmm. And of course, you know, there's Dennis uh, Leary. Dennis Leary is as Bill. Yeah. Which 
something about Dennis Leary. As soon as I, because I, I, I couldn't Stevie. remember, I couldn't remember the movie as well. Because again, I haven't seen it since I was like very little. And so when he showed up on screen, I, I didn't remember anything about the parents. I only remember the boys, the beast, and then James Earl Jones at the end. Yeah. So when Dennis Leary showed up, I'm like, ah, he's a shit stepdad. I just know it because it's Dennis Leary. Right. <laughs> because he's, this, he's always kind of like, eh. yeah. When he hit that song, I'm an asshole. Yo, yeah. yo. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is a shitty stepdad, though. Like in the most. 60s way maybe like he doesn't do anything overtly wrong i'm not gonna call child protective services or anything but like when you look at this movie you're like oh this is why so many people have problems expressing their feelings uh especially from gen x and you know yeah. <laughs> like the guy is like so whatever to this most of the time when you have like a stepdad son dynamic there is a you're not my dad kind of vibe that mm -hmm. movies go for that's the truth that they want to tell this movie scotty is super open to it he's on board hi dad what's up you want to and the guy is just like what's up no not really completely. like he's just <laughs> always sneering at him like what are you doing in my room you smell bad you know i hate kids your mom's hot that's the only reason i'm here uh, and, and I'm just like, this is so weird that that's the vibe they chose to go with. Uh, like, you want to help me play catch? Not really. No. It's super intuitive. You'll get it. I'm busy. I'm busy doing business. <laughs> yeah, whatever he's doing. I'm doing business. Yeah, he's um, like, I love how he's on the kitchen table, like doing something. He's like, the, the mayor's going to have my ass if I don't finish this piece of paper. Yeah. Like, dude, this is the 50s. You don't like have to zoom your boss in like a minute, you know? <laughs> And his mom is mostly awesome, but she also kind of sucks at like really crucial emotional moments. For instance, I was chuckling. Uh, she comes into Scotty's bedroom early on in the movie and she goes, Scotty, do you have any friends? Any, <laughs> please. And he's like, not really. And she's like, oh, why? You suck. <laughs> you know why you don't? That attitude. You're asked to be around. You look at your stepdad. Doesn't want to be around you. And I don't blame him. You know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, what is this pep talk? You just hit me with a rector set. <laughs> yeah. This is why you're never going to succeed in life. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn, never going to get her. <laughs> I just love the idea that all the, the even the parents in the neighborhood are like, Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Stranger That's Things with Billy. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. But yeah, Scotty, Scotty's new in town. The movie opens up with him and with his future job as an announcer um, and talking about how the babe called his shot. By the way, is is the origin of the term pickle as like a problem that you're stuck in? Does that originate in baseball in the pickle? I didn't oh. Google it. I just wanted to put that to you guys. <laughs> I, I also seems. haven't Googled that. <laughs> well, when you're caught in a pickle, yep, you're, in a, think, you're in a tough situation, right? But a pickle in baseball is when you're running back and forth between two bases, right? And trying to, to outsmart the two, the two throwers. And I was like, I think that's where that came I from. Mean, I could see that. Yeah, I could see where that comes from. Uh, I also like that in the opening, it's, it's uh, like the old Dodgers stadium is where he's walking through with like in the opening credits. Oh, really? I thought that was like really fun. Yeah, that was like the old Dodger Stadium that he's walking to to get to his uh, little announcer thing there. Nice. So, so according to according to MLB.com, okay. the origin of the term uh, in a pickle originates from William Shakespeare, The Tempest. Oh, my goodness. I should have known that. Yeah. That's a mess more my alley. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Ghost? Willie? 
big big uh, baseball fan, old Bill. Bill Shakey's Bill Shakespeare. He loved he loved the stickball. Uh, the funny thing about uh, adult Scotty is that the narrate the narration is actually the director. Um, what's the director's name? I don't have an. I I just moved it, but he is the narrator, but also a separate actor is playing him. David so, Mickey Evans. Yeah. So the, yeah, the director is the narrator, yeah. but the physical actor is a different actor. Well, the director's like, I'm not wearing that fucking hat with that absurdly long bill. Can we talk about <laughs> Scotty's dumbass hat? Sure. What is that? I don't know. It's like a, a bass fishing hat. Uh, that he, I, I feel like that's his old dad's hat. And like even his stepdad's like that hat is fucking. That's why I don't talk to you. Yeah. That hat. And you got your shirt tucked in. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, even the other kids are like, don't like uh, Benny's like, don't wear that hat. That's the number one rule for tomorrow. But then he's got it on again as an adult. Well, it's a different hat as an adult. It's is it? it? Yeah, it's different. It's got. A I, felt, different... I, I thought that was how like they identified that that's the same character for us. Well, I think it's and the hat doesn't look as dumb because he's an adult and he fits a little better into it. I'm gonna yeah. check. I'm gonna check. You're probably right. Uh, let me see the Sandlot. I think it's hat. slightly different. Googling. This is him as a kid. Oh, my God. That hat is so. It's it looks so like big. somebody photoshopped it to fuck with you. <laughs> it looks like, you know, you know how do you remember scary movie three? There's that gag where the sheriff's yeah. uh, hat brim just keeps getting larger and larger. Every yes. time it cuts back. to yeah. her. I feel like they were doing that to this poor fucking kid. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I want to wear it. You want to wear that? Yeah. As an adult, he's wearing a normal build hat with the same fish logo. But doesn't it look normal because no he's an adult now it's a normal build hat i don't see the point (sighs) i think it's the same hat he grew into it steve grew into it what that doesn't make any sense (laughs) he would buy another one i guess he did he just fucking loves fishing hey Hey, man that's what i'm really good at yeah these kids they make fun of me because i don't know who the babe is but i know what a a open mouth bass is okay do you know jimmy tuna williams famous bass fisher from louisiana I do. I do. That's my hero. Good boy. <laughs> he pointed to a spot in the pond once and pulled a fish right out of it, just like the babe. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But I do love how adorable little Scotty is because you can tell, like, he's earnest. Here's the thing when I watch this movie, there's a whole group of kids, and I, ha- I always try to put myself in the movie, like, okay, which of these kids would I be? Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, man, I, 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 it sure would be cool to be Benny the Jet Rodriguez, but I wasn't that kid. Oh, uh, man. I would even take ham because that kid's funny as hell. But no, I would probably be, <laughs> I'd probably be Scotty. Just the scene where he's like getting catch. He's doing the catch with uh, Bill and he just doesn't know what to do with his hands. And he keeps like rubbing his hands on his back awkwardly. And when he he's... just runs the ball over to him because <laughs> he already knows he can't throw. <laughs> it was like, oh man, it's so painful to watch this now as an adult because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was me. <laughs> yeah. With my, with my, with my poor brothers, just like this fucking kid. I don't get him. What's wrong with him? <laughs> Will, who would you be? Which of the kids would you be? Honestly, I'd probably be like, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And then this and then, yeah, yeah. And then that, like, that's definitely who I'd be for sure. I I'd like, I'd like to be Scotty because obviously like main character and like, you know, he's trying to be super, like, he's trying to get the, like, get friends and stuff like that. But I'd definitely be, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm kind of a side character. People, I have a little catchphrase <laughs> and that's about it. I think I would be Ham. You think you would be Ham? Yeah, I was a big kid and I was funny and, uh, you know, 
Would Love you, me are, some s'mores. Were you yeah, great you, at... You, what was that? What was that? Well, so great at dissing people. He's, Tam is just amazing at dissing people. Like, the guy just has chops on it. Well, I don't a know, kid just way, quick right? out of the gun. You play like a yeah. girl! And everybody's like, like <gasps> Come on. I think I would have been ham. That's closest to my personality. Yeah, do you, um, you want to? Uh, yeah. Would you come up with verbal barbs such as crap face? Oh, for sure. Scab eater, butt sniffer, bus <laughs> licker, dang, fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog for breakfast. You mix your weenies with your mama's toe jam. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite one. I laughed so hard at this one. It was the other kid that says it, but he's like, "You bought for apples in the toilet, and, and you, you like, like it." <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> Anybody could be put in that situation, but you particularly enjoy it. You queued up in line for that. <laughs> you paid for tickets. By the way, is there any better reveal than the James Earl Jones at the end of this movie? And like the best version of James Earl yeah. Jones. It's not Vader. Blind? <laughs> oh, by the way, there's that funny moment where he's telling the story and then there's a beat and Scotty goes, you went blind. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost it. And he's not yeah. even offended, though. He's like, because he could have been like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you, so you can't see anything. No. Mm. No, I cannot. Is your hearing improved like a daredevil situation? Obviously not, because I haven't heard any of the thing happening in the backyard this whole last movie. Yeah. <laughs> the whole fence, his whole fence fell over and shit. Yeah. I love how he's so nice about it, too. Like, you just you destroyed my property. You almost killed my dog. <laughs> Come inside. Come inside. <laughs> I'm lonely. He's like, yeah, no, you just caused like $20,000 to my, you know, to my property and damage. But... Come on, I'll give you like a, a a worth like a completely priceless artifact in baseball history. It's fine. Yeah. Well, in his defense, he couldn't tell what they did to his backyard. That's true. He, he just has thought no they were idea. just kids in his backyard. That's right. He hasn't maybe, found that out yet. Maybe. Well, because like at the end, of, so he 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 gives them the trade. He's like, hey, I'll give you this this ball with uh, all of the Yankees have signed it, and I'll keep your your shitty you know beast ridden yeah uh, torn baseball. up one. The deal is that you come and talk baseball with me once a week. And then when we get the like the sort of the epilogue where the narrator's telling us what happened to all the kids, he never mentions that they actually made good on that deal. So maybe we didn't see no. the, the deleted scene where like the next day he goes outside like son of a bitch. <laughs> Goddamn kids destroyed my backyard, almost killed my dog, and, and I gave them my ball. And kids are mean, and so we don't they may have never showed up. Like yeah. every yeah. every Sunday he's like, Hello? Hello. I love James Earl Jones though, and you're right. Like just seeing him being so spry, like I love his little, his his like yeah, George, yeah, he was he was all right. I would have beat his record too if I didn't have the incident, you know. Yeah, like, and it's so sad. Like he was a professional baseball player, like a hit in the head with a ball, went blind. He's obviously a happy guy. He's doing well, but it's just the, like the energy and charisma of that character mm -hmm. is so sweet and protective uh and he's got that voice obviously that iconic deep voice and it, it's so comforting to hear mm -hmm. it's such a good ending to this movie uh and the whole irony that if they had just asked and that's a good lesson for kids i think like yeah you went through all of this all this fear and trauma and bullshit instead of just knocking on the door and asking for your ball back and yeah. he would have loved the company what what do you think is your favorite scene from this movie will if you had to pick one I think it's like when, uh, like, like it's just after the Fourth of July, 
Like, I love the whole fireworks. Everybody is, like, this, they're stopping. Benny's running around the, the base. Everybody's looking up at the fireworks. And then it goes right into, like, the next day. And, like, Green Onions by Booker T comes on. And everybody, like, he hops the fence. And it just, we start going. It's like we're, we're constantly on the run trying to get this dog. I like the, the cut between with, like, the was in the movie theater and him running around and then they jump through the movie theater. Oh yeah. Like that whole like 15 minute sequence of like the 4th of July till Patriots day. I think it's like that whole like 20 minutes of the movie is definitely my favorite part for sure. The movie with Mark Wahlberg so. about the bombing in Boston. Oh Jesus. <laughs> no. Patriot yeah, day. I'm not Canadian. I'm not American. What is Patriots day? Like I, I don't I, know. I, I watched this for the first no okay <laughs> none of us care <laughs> yeah that's it, that's one of those celeb those uh those um holiday, holidays that are on the calendar and we all just kind of like huh. what is this yeah do we are we supposed it's to like, do something like Arbor's Day? Cause I don't you guys do that right arbor's day kind of the same in the same yeah. vein yeah there's like american yeah. holidays and then there's american holidays are you googling patriots day because i'm now i'm curious like it is not a public holiday therefore the government offices, educational institutions, and businesses do not close on this day. That's why no one really celebrates it because, like, mm. no one gets a shit. No one gets off work. I don't get off work. I can't drink and party. This isn't even worth a. This isn't worth my time. Yeah, that's fair. That's and we already fair. have like Veterans Day and Memorial Day and. Yeah, there's the Mer- on, lots of American on. ones. That's what I'm saying. We, we don't need a Gravy Seals Day. All right. <laughs> I, I think that's a great scene to pull out though, Will. The the night game. It's it's really interesting what they do to Benny in that scene. It's almost kinda not sad because he becomes a rich and famous person, but it's interesting that they took the time to do that to point out that all of the other kids love baseball, but Benny lived baseball. He didn't he was he was yeah. a kid that didn't even care about the fireworks. You know, and they the way that all the other kids are mesmerized by the fireworks, but Benny's just running the bases. Mm-hmm. Like he never stops. Like he's obsessed. It's and it almost, and this is my own whatever, uh idiosyncratic mental illness and my obsession with certain things, maybe, but like the way I watch that scene, I'm like, that that kid's got focus. He's going somewhere, he's gonna be somebody. He's gonna be a star. All the other lazy nuts watching the fireworks. Look yeah. at him, he's working. He's gonna be a jet. Yeah, I just think that's fascinating that they depicted it that way. And it's almost kind of sad because he didn't get to, like, be a kid. Uh, but he did have the ghost of Babe Ruth himself. Mm-hmm. Visit him in yeah. his dreams, yeah. Yeah, played by Art LaFleur. <laughs> Excellently, I might add. I got jazzed up by it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Put on your Chuck yeah. Taylors. They make you fast, even though they have no art supports. Or like <laughs> as an adult, that's funny that he needed his sweet chucks to run extra fast because yeah. those are terrible the, running the shoes. Flyers. Yeah, <laughs> I love watching old. It, it's so funny to me because baseball is one of those sports you watch baseball now and everyone's like so athletic and, you know, they, they train all year. They fucking play all year mm-hmm. um, back then. But back then it's like, yeah, I'm 45. I got lung cancer and I <laughs> I I eat ribs, nothing but ribs all day, every day. I'm doing and it right then, now, and and also I I'm addicted to uh, meth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have meth yet, or what was the opium? I'm doing all all the opium. Damn, you went straight opium. Yeah. <laughs> and but somehow you could still like you could look like Babe Ruth and be like a sports legend, and it always yeah. Me. Like here comes Art Lafleur, fifty year old Art Lafleur. Like <laughs> hey, I'm Babe Ruth in my prime. <laughs> 
That's true. <laughs> Run. That's why I hit homers so I can <laughs> jog. Yeah. That's why I point it that way, like balls going that way, so I don't gotta go around this dumbass diamond. <laughs> that was impressive though that he did that. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know? Said right where it was going. Boom. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, I was playing Fortnite with my son, and okay. I was like, "We're gonna win this time, Mason," and he, and we didn't. We died. We were the first team out. But then I said, "Actually, I meant this one," and then we won that game. And he was like, "Dad, you called it." <laughs> <laughs> I've got that's how hard that is because even that was impressive <laughs> i've got the gift boy <laughs> this episode was brought to you by better help sometimes in life you know what's good for you but your brain gets in the way and you just can't quite pull it off like when you're trying to fall asleep at night you know you got to get up at 7 a.m you got to work you want to go to the gym before work but at 3 a.m you're just thinking about hippopotamuses hippopotami I don't know how to pluralize it. It doesn't matter. You get the idea. So sometimes your brain's getting in its own way. You know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. You can help find the blocks in your life that are getting in your way. And BetterHelp can get you there. It can match you up with a licensed therapist to help meet your needs. If you don't like your therapist, you can switch free of charge at any time. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash streaming things. <laughs> it's October, and along with the scares, we're bringing our own appreciation for the patrons of Streaming Things, the super patrons especially. We want to give them a special shout-out for the month of October. Thank you so much to Becky the Farmer, Kaylee Sampson, Stanton Valentino, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Optimus, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Little Tickler, Svento7, Jay Scramo, A.K. Ashley Ray, Adam Busby, Wendy O'Loughlin, Jay Jason Hawkins, Butthorn, Conrad, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, John Collins, Amber McVeigh, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Son, Loving, Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Ashley Powers, Stephen the Fifth, Casey McCain, and Enza. Thank you all so much and back to the show. But it takes you back, you know, like the summer pool. The pool was a time to be alive. We got to talk about the pool scene. Yeah, because you're right. The pool is the community pool is so integral, I think, to a young person's upbringing. I had a community pool that I went to. Did you guys go to a community pool in the summer? I had a pool at my apartment complex. There was uh, there was like a thousand people that lived in the town that I grew up in. So if, well, had, there was one friend that had a pool, and like that was that was it. That was Nobody the else in pool. the city had a pool. That was the community pool. It was my friend's house, and that was it. Yeah, we had a pool that was um, it was a community pool. You had to have like a membership or something to go to it, but it was uh, right next to my school, and so my mom, you know, was by. It was just my mom raising me pretty much, and and uh, so what she would do is like she over the summer I would go to like soccer practice. And soccer practice would end and the field was like right next door to the community pool. So from like nine to 12, I would practice in the morning and then go to that pool and just hang out by myself until like 5 p.m. when my mom got off work to come pick me up. You probably had a tan. I did. It was like, hey, you know what? Uh, 14, 15 year old Steve 
looking fly. You were crispy. Oh yeah. When my first pubes came in, it was <laughs> uh, it was on, buddy. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I would go there all the time, and like I didn't really have any friends, but. <laughs> but like you know there's other kids there sure and so there was just that like gaggle of people running around like making up stories like what do you think that lifeguard's doing oh there's the one with shades i wonder what shades is up to today mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff you're gonna get the cheese touch you know that whole thing <laughs> the well, what was that line he says like i'm baking like a toasted cheeser it's so hot in here yeah <laughs> um but yeah, like I so I really loved the fact that like they all go to the community pool. It is kind of funny that these I don't know how old do you think they are supposed to be like 11, 12? It's the summer between fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. So they're like 10 and 11, which yeah. is kind of wild. It's just funny to me, like, especially Ham, like, walks like down the line of the pool honeys, as yeah. they call them. Yeah. Walks down the line. He's like, hey, ladies, <laughs> get ready to watch this. <laughs> Bone kisses. And then when he goes, cannonball, his voice screeches yeah. like the little boy that he is. It's so funny. <laughs> Like oh, yes. oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I think my like my favorite thing with Pam is the the s'more scene, and I I love the, the iconic s'more s'more what? Yeah, yeah, like it's and it's kind of like a meta who's on first, you know, the baseball joke version of the s'mores thing. Classic though. Yeah, this is probably the movie so that good. taught all of us what s'mores were. Are s'mores a staple snack or in, yeah. in Canada? Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely a lot thanks to this movie. But also, like, we, we're we all campers up here, so we all, you know, have campfires all the time. So that's just a it's a it's a staple up here, for sure. Yeah. Bunch of campers up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. We uh, cottage country and, and camping, hanging out in the wilderness, eating s'mores and playing baseball. So. Yeah. How many moose do you see on a year on average? <laughs> I actually saw two moose this year. So you know what? See what I'm saying, Steve? You laugh. I, I can send you the picture. <laughs> I can send you the picture. Please do. Uh, will, yeah, when you, when you go to work, when you go to work, they do they pay you in money or maple syrup? Mm -hmm. Um, it's we get our tip out in maple syrup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what other offensive uh, Canadian <laughs> things can we throw out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, 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 yeah. It's uh, the moose, the maple syrup, and uh, you know you see mounties, mounties every once in a while. Ooh, mounties! The mountie always gets his. The last one I, I saw, Brendan Fraser was the last mountie I saw, <laughs> and the last moose I saw was 2007's Into the Wild. That movie. There was a moose. Uh, in there. Yeah. Mm. I almost made a Good terrible movie. joke, but I refrained. I'm proud of you. That's Thank growth. You. Thank you. That's how Scotty of you. <laughs> Thank you. Very Scotty of me. <laughs> I didn't go to the pool that much, as you can tell by my skin tone and stuff. And I was, uh, you know, a little nervous in my bathing suit. If you, uh, if you don't, if you, I was didn't. usually at Steve's house while he was at the pool. Yeah, with Carol, <laughs> like two ships passing the <laughs> night with Carol. What were you and Carol doing? <laughs> I'd be like, it's time to ring the bell, honey. <laughs> I'm gonna head out. Let the boy come back home. <laughs> Papa's done his business. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> I'm back. Oh, uh, after all this time, I went out to get the milk. Uh, so the pool scene, Squints is uh, he's had a plan. He's been planning this for years. Yeah, he, man. He, he fakes his own drowning. I've been planning that for years. <laughs> he fakes his own drowning so that Wendy Peppercorn uh, gives him mouth to mouth, 
poor CPR, by the way, just as, as like someone who works in healthcare and has seen the, the proper CPR etiquette. Not only that, but if, he, if he's really pretending, that would actively be very hurtful to him to get CPR while breathing and awake, right? Yeah. Also, couldn't yeah. they tell he was breathing? If they're going to perform CPR, you got to well, check she, that. She never did the compressions, right. which is the most important part of CPR. And I think, I think modern yeah. CPR classes tell you not even do the mouth to mouth part. It's all compression now. And I think I could be wrong on that. Um, but we've got a lot of medical personnel on our patrons. They'll, they'll chime in and knock me down for sure. <laughs> but, um, so, but I, like that boy also, it could have backfired and like George could have been the one doing the mouth to mouth. The original lifeguard that helped them yeah. up. People were like, let me get in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my plans. Uh, but yeah, that, that actor, um, Chauncey Laparty who plays squints, that goofy, like dumb little smile face he does looks like Steve O from Jackass. It looks very much like Steve O. <laughs> so when he wakes up and so gives good. him the wink, I'm like, Steve O, what'd you, how'd you get in there in child form? <laughs> the Jackass theme song. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> but de- definitely a bold move. Oh, so good. No, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you're yeah, a kid. Yeah, and he's in deep shit, like immediately after. Yeah, they, like, oh, she, like throws them out bouncer style like they got kicked out of a club <laughs> but the, the only thing the thing that makes the scene weirdest and thus the most iconic is that wendy dug it <laughs> yeah i know like she like yeah, smiles at him outside the fence like, and then ends up marrying him like she yeah. never gets it out of they her mind nine children. <laughs> squints squints fucks all right yeah <laughs> I think that's the um, the kids' eye view of the fairy tale, the fantasy of it all is like, especially how everyone, how everything ends up at the end. Which one of the kids ends up getting lost to the '60s? Yeah. Oh, that was I, <laughs> that's Bertram. Bertram. Yeah, Bertram. I wrote it all down. Yeah, that was Bertram. Never. Yeah, I, I, never seen again. Yeah, <laughs> just those damn hippies to took him. Fun fact, yep. that actor later on played in the TV show The 60s. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. That's where he got lost to. Yeah. I, I do appreciate, because most movies, when they do that sort of epilogue <laughs> thing where, the, you know, Don't You Forget About Me is playing in the background and they yeah. update you on, like, where everybody where everybody ended up. Uh, I do appreciate that there's one person, like, this friend we had? I don't know. We just <laughs> just lost lost contact with him. He could be dead somewhere. No one knows. I mean, like, again, this is before Facebook. You can't just look. Right. But I mean, even even today, like I have friends or there were people in my life that I, I have friends. friends with. I have friends. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting with my two best friends right now. Uh, but I have friends when I was younger that like I lost contact with and I have no idea what happened to them. I have no like I don't even know where to even begin if I wanted to look for them. They right? got lost to the 60s. They got lost to the 60s. I get it. It happens to the best of us. But yeah, the other kids. Yeah. So like Scotty grew up obviously to be a sports commentator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny played is the Jets with a sweet stash. With a very sweet. St- oh, there's a really funny <laughs> edit where he, he does the pickle. He steals and like Scotty's up in the booth like, yeah, he I can't believe it. And then it just smash cuts to Benny going. Yeah. Oh, like, the thumbs the up. Most it's, <laughs> it's aggressive thumbs it's up. It's so ever. brutal. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's yeah. giving uh push too many pencils like the, yeah. the clasp of the hands. The bicep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but he also misses a high five in the announcer booth. He does, yeah. 
and they left yeah. that take in because like fuck it it's scotty yeah it's scotty i mean it, it, it's appropriate that scotty would miss that i had to rewind yeah. it i was like did he miss the high five yes he did yes, he did yes he did but uh yeah yeah got shipped off to military school and then pioneered the bungee jump because of course he did yeah and then Timmy and Tommy invented mini malls. What's a mini mall? Is that an American thing? <laughs> How do you invent mini malls? Yeah. <laughs> so a mini mall is just basically like it's a small mall. It's just a tiny little mall. Like it's not. It's like a strip mall. Yeah. You got a few. Yeah, and you got a few stores instead of a mall's worth. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's just like a strip mall. Right. And he invented the bungee jump. Yeah, yeah, did because of what was happening trying to get the ball when they dangled him in there. Yeah. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get the ball. Yeah. Him yeah. going on dead. Yeah. Uh, Squints grew up, married Wendy, as we mentioned, yeah. had nine kids, and then bought the yeah. Vincent's Drug Store that they were always hanging out at. Yeah. Uh, Ham, I want to see the sequel that's just Squints and Wendy and their kids who have an entire baseball team just in their family. Uh, so, Kit. Oh, no. Um, Will, I don't even know if Will might even be aware of this. So, did you guys know there are two sequels to Sandlot? No. Yeah, I did, and I refuse to watch them. You 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 refuse to watch them. I I refuse to watch them. Okay, so I looked up the synopsis of both movies on IMDb because I'm not going to watch them either. But The Sandlot Two came out in 2005. This is the synopsis. It reads: A film about a group of young baseball enthusiasts who test the terrifying myth myth of Mr. Myrtle owning a freakishly large and dangerous dog in his backyard. So it basically sounds like they just remade The Sandlot right in 2005. The yeah. third movie sounds fucking wild. The Sandlot. Okay. The third movie is called The Sandlot Heading Home. It's from 2007. The synopsis is thus: Successful, arrogant baseball superstar Tommy Santa Santarelli travels back in time to 1976 and relives his boyhood days on the <laughs> Sandlot baseball team and has the chance uh, to this time choose friendship over glory. So it is a time traveling movie. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I, what, a, what makes it a sequel though? I Who's Tommy? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just called the Sandlot. You but, can't just call a movie that it's the sequel because there's other lots of sand. Yeah. I'm angry. Well, it's like the, the whole sequel is three and four. Like it doesn't include any of the original Shh. actors or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but it, it includes the right. premise. Of being home alone. Yeah, I guess. I get what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) There's also a bunch of short films that have been made called Oh Squints. Um, Oh. The the most recent of which came out in 2018. And then uh, I have to pull this one up because it's slightly different. So Art LaFleur. Not Art LaFleur. I'm sorry. Tom. Babe Ruth? Tom Geary, who plays Scotty. Uh, That guy's actually still an actor and he's, he's like in a bunch of stuff. Um. But in but this I'm sorry, last year he was in a I guess you would call it a short film. It's 55 minutes long. It's a movie called Killing Smalls. Oh, no. <laughs> Is it a horror film? It's a comedy. But it, here's the synopsis for that one. <laughs> a mob family. That is not earning like they did in the past comes up with this crazy idea after watching the movie stealing a survivor to kidnap someone famous for ransom after picking their target, Tom Geary, known as Smalls from the Sandlot, with the help of the director stealing a survivor to consult them on how to kidnap a celebrity. So that's fun. This movie, The Sandlot, has spawned some of the wildest I want to see spinoff sequels, whatever you want. The spoof where 
like a, a, an earnest, like takes itself seriously horror film where it's called you're killing me smalls where smalls is a serial killer, like a, like a Norman Bates kind of suburban killer. Yeah. But we gotta, I feel like we gotta talk about the beast. We have to, right? Don't ask me what kind of dog it is. St. Bernard? What kind of dog is it? It's not a St. Bernard. Uh, ma- uh, bull oh, Mastiff. Yeah, it is a Mastiff. Or something like that? It's some type of Mastiff. Uh, an English Mastiff. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I'm a Mastiff. Don't be throwing your bowls in the yard. I've got 150 bowls, governor. Keep your cricket bats away from me. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I love how, like, the whole movie, they make this dog seem so... T- and it's perfect because, you know, this is the, the mythology that these little boys are creating. Like, there's this spooky-sounding dog on the inside of this fence. Oh, my gosh, it's probably 50 feet tall. It's got... Uh, I love the puppet stuff, like the puppet hands. Oh, the, the one that, like, swipes the, the ball. The puppet mouth, like, the hands that, like, crush the thieves and stuff. And, like, uh, Squint's whole, like backstory about how his like great grandfather was the police chief keep that dog locked up forever and this and this dog is at least 20 years old uh we live to be 199 even in dog years what's 199 in dog years 199 divided by seven it's 28 holy shit (laughs) well i mean the the eldest dog in the world recently passed away i think last month and that dog was 31 i think really yeah um, so, I mean, I guess that's within the realm of possibility that he was that old, but I guess so. holy shit. Um, I just, one of my favorite things about this movie is when I think it's the, is it the erector set that actually gets to the ball and then has like a catapult? Yes. And then, and then the, the dog, dog jumps up and him out of the air. Yeah. yeah. And throws the whole <laughs> set over the fence. But it's this like big puppet. <laughs> dog mouth that grabs it I that was real it. they yeah. trained it uh, but uh, yeah i love all of the attempts like they're all so funny they start with just like the broom handle trying to get it back and then they get a metal rod with the cooking pot on it and then like they do the vacuum with like the explosion of of course there's every 90s movie has to have an explosion in it and it's the tree has getting blown up which i thought was great i love how um, like all the vacuum how uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez does full on like front flips off of their treehouse over the fence. Like that would break so many bones. <laughs> yep. It would. And that's what they deserve. <laughs> that's what they deserve, damn it. Um, also, I love the uh, Charlie Chaplin style uh, wedding cake bit. Oh. <laughs> like yeah. out of nowhere, there's just this like physical comedy. <laughs> like it, it's kind of. <laughs> It doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the movie at all, but I'm like, okay, we're doing this now. Pee Wee Herman, it. all of a sudden, I'm, yeah. I'm here. All right, whatever. I, I it, the the thing that makes it fun, it makes it funny, is the the chefs or the bakers set the cake down like, ooh, that yeah, was they close. Do the whole 1930s, like, <laughs> like, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. What, what, what's that movie we watched? The famous uh, uh, the Groucho Marx style stuff, you know, kinda. Yeah, that wasn't Duck Soup, was it? No, no, that was the other one. Yeah, N- Night at the Opera, Night at the Opera. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then of course, uh, Hercules, the, the big dog, the beast named Hercules, ends up being just a friendly dog that just needs some love. Oh, it's yeah. trapped under the fence. They help him up, and then it just like goes to town on Scotty's face. Yeah, which um, apparently the way they did that was so. If you remember the way they shot it, Scotty is in complete profile, looking at the beast, 
And on the other, the the side of Scotty's face that isn't camera facing is just slathered with Gerber baby food. Really? <laughs> and so that's why. <laughs> so, yeah. So they give the dog the command to start licking him. And that's why the dog just fucking goes to town <laughs> on this kid's face. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Let's go to town on it. Yeah. Mm mm. Mm-mm. I like when they're like wearing all the army helmets and stuff like that when they're doing the man versus machine thing. Like they all had like their army helmets and everybody's got like walkie talkies and they've got like the binoculars and stuff. I for for some reason the Wheaties box looked like a box of marbles and I had to pause it because I was like, there's no fucking way that they made that out of marble boxes like cigarette. <laughs> well, they you know it's just Wheaties cereal, you know. Well, they did have the uh, the tobacco chew that they all took before getting on yep, the spinny ride the those spinny rides spinny make ride. me puke anyway <laughs> i threw up on one of those Did you really yeah it was one of the worst experiences of my life i was with my friend kyle and his brother ryan who ended up being a a, a prominent extra in the original avengers movie by the way oh. i think I'll, I'll, I'll point him out a to you one time an extra well i mean it, it zooms in on him and like for three seconds it's just him you oh know, wow. i'm like dang uh but um yeah, and we went in one of the, we, he took us to a fair. And the reason it was one of the worst days of my life is because it's like, I don't even know these kids that well. Like, oh, no. it was like one of the first times I hung out with Kyle and Ryan. And like, I definitely didn't know their dad, who seemed really nice and cool. And I was always like that kid that would, like I said, I swam with my shirt on. I fucking, I was always Poor sunburnt. Kid. I eat the grass and puke. Like, I don't know how to warm my hands up from the snow. I'm just that fucking kid, you know. I shit my pants all the time. I don't know why. You know, so like, did that you did that yesterday? That's a different story. That <laughs> that was not my fault. <laughs> so <laughs> I was talking about it was. <laughs> so it really was. So I go to this fair and they put us on this like it's the kind where they like not that kind of ride, but they strap you to the wall standing up. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Yeah, and yeah, it yeah, just yeah. spends. And I and I fucking throw up oh, in the ride. No. So like over all over everyone else and all over myself. Oh no. And I'm like covered in vomit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I come out and Kyle's dad's like, oh, what the fuck? You know, it's like we're pretty early on in the <laughs> fair trip. But he was so cool. I just parked. Like he tried to get some security guard to give me a, a towel or something, and the guy was being like nonchalant about it and he started cussing him out and shit like defending me and he was super cool to me about it oh that's sweet so my whole point is yeah i can imagine i don't know if you guys have ever used chewing tobacco or like a dip or anything like that no it is really gross it's really difficult to stomach and you're not supposed to swallow it right so kids don't know what they're doing oh my god they would have been they would have been they would have vomited anyway and then they threw the ride like this scene is uncomfortable for me i'm like what Chewing tobacco was always one of those yeah. things where I, I never understood why people would do that. <laughs> like baseball, there are like drugs, right? Like, sure. I, hey, I don't do a hard drug, but I can understand. Like, oh, it makes you feel good, or, sure, you, or sure. see things, or whatever. Sure, but chewing tobacco is like that looks fucking gross. Yeah, no, thank you. My <laughs> my ex's dad used to because uh, he he chewed tobacco, but whenever he would come over to our house, he ha- he always had those like little plastic Dixie cups with him. And that's what he would spit in. Yeah. You gotta have he, a spit cup. He just had that on him. And he, as a practical joke, it gave him much amusement uh-huh. as a practical ju- joke. Anytime he visited us, he would hide his spit cup somewhere in our place for us to find later. That's like, a terrible he joke. He would purposely like, like, let me put it around the, this framed portrait of the family. They'll never find that. 
That's gross. Like literally when we moved out of that place, I was finding spit cups. Like what the fuck? (laughs) That's disgusting. My friend always used a water bottle. He dipped. A lot of dipping up in Canada. I'd imagine there would be. Um, there's not like uh, I mean, it's like around, but most people like they drive to the states to get it because you can't really get it here. Huh. So it's a lot of it's like imported from like America. It's people mostly just smoke weed and smoke cigarettes. Really, yeah. That's about it. Like, it's not, yeah, done. not really like carrying tobacco. That's better. Cigarettes a nice, yeah, less offensive habit. Mm-hmm. You know, just smoke. Yeah, that's what I used to tell yeah. people. Just smoke. Just smoke. <laughs> That's the official stance. That's what I told my son watching the movie. I was hey, like, just, just smoke. smoke. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, here's some camels. Don't, <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. George signed this. You went blind. Sorry. <laughs> you, just, you just went James Earl Jones on us. You just like manifested his spirit. I looked out at my notes and I love that line where he, you went blind. <laughs> when that's something a kid would do though, you know, you, you just call it out like, fuck it. Um, great movie, great movie. Yeah, the, uh, the scene with the chewing tobacco is the Hey Tequila song. Yeah, like, it's such a good set. Like, and it's just up and down and up at the end. Then it's just and you see them coming out of it, and they're just completely soaked and they're vomiting. They all have the and, same color vomit. Yeah. But I also love that yeah. at first they're having a great time, and you can see it kind of kick in yeah. uh, for everybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. First, you're like, yeah, I'm a grown yeah. up. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> and then you vomit. I did that, though. I snuck cigarettes from my mom and like I tried a cigar. I didn't know you weren't supposed to inhale cigars. Right. Because you're doing something you're not supposed to yeah. do. So nobody's teaching you and you get really sick. Um, and mm-hmm. I grew up in a time just after where like if your parents caught you smoking again, this didn't happen to me, but it was like they just quit doing this. Where if your parents caught you smoking, they would make you smoke an entire carton Oh, <laughs> to like Pavlovian, like can, like make you hate cigarettes forever. Yeah, it's really funny to imagine that now. It's like like a cop pulls up and there's a dad shut like lighting a cigarette with another cigarette for a kid. Oh, caught him smoking, huh? <laughs> Here, take my pack too. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, I mean? It makes sense because like that's hilarious. It's kind of like like uh, there's always someone who's like, oh, I can't do tequila. I had a really bad experience with tequila when I was in college. Oh, you drank too much tequila at a party? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's what that, I, like, it makes sense why people would think that would work. But also it's like, you're a kid. Light him up, Johnny. Yeah. He just got me addicted to yeah. nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> now I need it. That was my favorite brand. Uh, good times. Good times. Well, Will, is there anything else you want to pull out from this movie that maybe we didn't touch on or any scenes that are special to you that, that we kind of skipped over? Um, um, I want to give you a thorough I mean, experience. Like, it's, like, obviously, the the reason why we get the the whole entire um, the beast with Smalls is because Smalls hits his first home run. That was a huge pivotal moment for him. And then, and then they're all like, yeah! And, and he's walking and he sees it goes over and he's just like... Fuck. <laughs> like that, that, like, I've had that moment in my life where, like, I've done something where I shouldn't have done it. And then it, it escalates way out of my control. And then you're just sitting there and, like, that, that guilt. Like, I, I, I see that on his face. Like, and, like, I res, that resonated a lot with me. Like, I, um, I, I was using one of my dad's drills and I accidentally left it on the back of his car. And then he drove away and he lost the drill. And, 
it was like a two hundred dollar like Dewalt drill, or whatever. This was like in the you know, so a lot of money back in like the early two thousands. Sure. And just like, yeah, just oh my god, I I took something that I wasn't supposed to take, and then I lost it, and now I have to try that to drill was figure signed out how to, by Bob Vila. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or you know. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah like you know so that resonated with me a lot was like taking something that you're not supposed to getting in a lot of trouble because you've fucked it up and then and then having to like live with the repercussions of it i always thought that was really funny and then the signing the fake ball um we'd we'd like when i was in school we'd always have to get our parents to sign our agendas every week yeah and if i didn't get the good grades that i wanted i would try to forge my mom's signature and it never looked the same every week. <laughs> and so I came to the point where they had to call my mom and be like, yeah, like, well, stop signing your mom's signatures on these things. So I always thought that was really <laughs> funny, too, is trying to pass a fake ball of like with the fake signature because he has it at the end of the end of the movie. He has the fake ball signed, the real one. And then the 1920s, all of the Yankees, like in his little um, little sporting booth thing there. So I, yeah. I always thought that was really cool. Kind of the whole the whole full circle with it. But other than that, like, yeah, you talked on the, the the little clown cake thing. Like, I always thought that was just like a super random scene to have in it too. And that's pretty much, yeah. Like, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Like, I this movie was great. Um, I thoroughly enjoy like all of the the memories that I came with it. Like, I like I said, I grew up in a town, not a lot of people. There's eight or nine of us including my brothers that all would just play baseball we'd all you know kickball or whatever it was guns and robbers and stuff like that yeah. so it was fun I, I i thoroughly enjoyed how this the nostalgia of this movie and like where it takes me back in my childhood for sure yeah there, there's something really whole on top of all the humor there's something inherently wholesome about the idea like it says in the very beginning when 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 scotty's just kind of uh really intrigued by the group of friends and really wants to be a part of it the narrator talks about how they never kept score. They didn't play to pick teams. Yeah. They were just playing to play. They liked the game. They're having fun. And it's, having fun. it's one 10 year long game that never ends uh, until we talk just about like every baseball season. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> until the, like, the ostensibly rich kids show up because they're in uniform. You know what I mean? So it, it's kind of like a yep. class warfare thing, which I do love. And Ham and Phillips start throwing insults at each other and the movie pop for apples in the toilet and you like it. The movie does something really interesting. Like there's something stereotypical would be to have them lose that game or at least for it to be a challenge and like really draw it out and have like, yeah. a, I mean, that would be more cinematic to have them like narrowly win that game and have one of the characters pull it off or something specifically. That would have been a great time for smalls to actually do something yeah, and like for him to hit his first home run like in that, that moment, right? like, Oh my God, you saved the day. Now you're part of the, the crew for real. That would be the stereotypical, yeah. almost better thing to do. But I love that they had them just summarily destroy they those destroy kids. Yeah, <laughs> Even Smalls just yeah. hits it. Like, like they're just better players. Fuck you guys. Yeah. And I, and I love him just completely smack talking. Everybody as the ump. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> they say. Your sister had a third face. Yeah. <laughs> they should go out with me. <laughs> Why is she naked? Yeah. I, I think I wanted to point this out. I'm glad you said that before we go. That's the most unbelievable thing about this is now that I have to watch so much baseball and play so much baseball with my son. The fact that there's no umpire 
it would be so impossible to have this game between these two kids who hate each other, these two teams of kids who hate each other. Yeah. Like when he slides. I was safe. To, yeah. Like, oh, you were you? Like, you know what I mean? Like that would be a, a 10 hour no. argument that would never end with actual <laughs> kids, especially ones that didn't like each other. Yeah. Or, and how does it work without an umpire? Like if you're pitching, like who strike? No, that was a ball. Like you just, who's, who, who says what? You know what I mean? Like it just does not work without somebody to tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating to me. Well, you see in the sixties, yeah. people were just better. Well, it's either a strike these or you hit it, I imagine. Are so entitled and they get <laughs> yeah. their participation trophies. That's right, Steve. Back then, we called a ball a ball and a strike a strike. Saruman the Wise talking about baseball. It was about states' rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gave me the pickle. I also wanted to read this message we got on Instagram uh, about our Jurassic Park coverage. I don't know if you listened to our Jurassic Park oh. episode, Will, but some corrections and elucidation. This comes in from Spencer. Thank you so much for sending this message. Spence. Uh, but Spare he said, no expenser. That's right. <laughs> but he said, hey, I just listened to your Jurassic Park episode. I absolutely loved it so much, and I love your guys' coverage of my favorite movies. I'm an undergrad applying to grad school for paleontology, and Ooh. I wanted to shed some light on some things. One, dinosaurs with feathers are super cool and awesome and scary, too. So he was, he was just jabbing that in there. Don't make fun of the feathered dinosaurs. <laughs> Number two, Brontosaurus was considered a false genus for around 100 years, but now we have done more phylogenetic analysis and learned that there are enough difference between it and the uh, Apatosaurus. So Brontosaurus is now a valid genus. A false genus sounds like something Ham would have called that rich kid. <laughs> yeah, false genus. Yeah, false genus. <laughs> the, number three. Yeah, it's a good one. The study you're looking at about Triceratops not being valid anymore was just one study, and the evidence presented wasn't very concrete or substantial, and many, if not most, paleontologists do not back that claim. Uh, and to Taurosaurus is its own genus. Also, not paleo remark, Tim limped up to, to the uh, dessert table, so it happened after the electric fence incident. Vindication! I mean this in no way to be snarky or like I know more than you. I just want it to spread some joy. Oh, Spencer, let's be snarky together. Let's be uh, snarky together. Yeah. All I got from all of that is we don't know very much about dinosaurs. <laughs> we're, we're still arguing about which ones existed at all. Yeah. But yeah. no, thank you so much for sending that in. Yeah, that was great. That actually warms my heart to know that... Uh, Triceratops is still potentially mm -hmm. a very real dinosaur. And Brontosaurus has been resurrected from the dead. It's one of the best characters from Land Before Time. Sarah? You can't just take Sarah out of it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Of yeah. course, Ducky is the There's... best. <laughs> Ducky's the best. Yep, yep, yep. Right? yep, yep, yep. Not Petrie? Dude, Petrie is Ducky. The... Nobody likes Petrie. Ducky. He's definitely telling on the Petrie. other dinosaurs at school and shit. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I love Petrie, but dude's a snitch for sure. Ducky didn't get a hall pass. I'm going to tell the adults. And he flies away. <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and Spike's just selling weed outside. Oh, Spike's skipping class. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's punching on them Spikey fucking. Yeah, he's just, he's got the green and he's eating the green. Why can all of these dinosaurs talk? But Spike, who is also a dinosaur, is basically like their dog. Is he just like a like a a, a low IQ friend of theirs that they're not that they take care of? My, my head canon was Spike, even though he was big, was younger than all of them, and so he hadn't developed the speech, speech yet. Uh huh. But you know, I also haven't seen any of the fifteen sequels, so maybe he started. That's, that's explained. I don't think yeah. so. Anyway, I didn't mean to take us on a land before time tangent. Uh, if you want <laughs> yeah, to 
reach out to us about corrections or anything, you can email the show streamingthingspod at gmail.com or go to our Instagram and DM us there. Uh, you can also go to streamingthingspod.com to find links to all of our stuff. If you'd like to have us review your favorite movie or be on the episode with us, with us even. Like Land Before Time. Yeah, we could do that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash streaming things and subscribe at a variety of tiers. But if you want to be on the show, you're going to have to do that case to yeah. patron saint of streaming things you gotta, tier. You got to be like Will. All hail case two, by and the Will. way. Will, <laughs> Will, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, it means a lot to us that you stuck with us for so long. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Any work of yours or any, you know, charities or causes uh your myspace link i got a little comedy album on spotify called the inconsequential seminal uh by will nash check that out it's a 20 minute little ep that i recorded just before the pandemic um hasn't gotten a lot of traction but i like it i think it's really fun and funny so check that out for sure absolutely yeah i've I've actually listened to his his record and the the beyblades joke still makes me laugh every time Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's a good one. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. And we appreciate all Not of you problem. listeners so much. Uh, have a great week. Hopefully we got some great news for you coming soon. But as we record this, I do not know yet. But just just uh, fingers, cross your fingers there. But that's all the time we've got for right now. We've got to go return some videotapes. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.